Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Mysterious Headlines podcast. Today is Sunday, September 26th. There are no new major developments in the Gabby Petito case, but we do know that Dog the Bounty Hunter went to the Laundry family house last night. He knocked on the door a couple times. He did not get a response, which is not surprising, um, but there's been a lot of buzz regarding that, and he... Um, talked a little bit to a couple different news stations regarding him going to the Laundry family house and stated that he knows what the family's going through, the Petito family, and he just wants to help in any way he can. And he shared his tip line and he's hoping he might get some tips through his um, bounty hunter tip line. So we'll see if that really goes anywhere. It sounds like he's going to kind of be hanging out in the Northport, Florida area. Um, so we'll see. We also don't know if he has any connections or information that maybe we don't know about. Um, so it's interesting that he showed up, um, even though the laundries did not open their door for him, but he did show his face and he, um, may be involved in the, um, the rest of the case. We'll kind of see, have to see, um, what happens, but we also know the FBI came to the Laundry family house today on Sunday. And from Mr. Bermolino, who is the Laundry family lawyer, he said they went to the house asking for DNA evidence. And the, I guess the Laundry parents cooperated and gave the FBI some DNA evidence to do some DNA matching. We don't have any further information on that. Now this could imply that maybe they found evidence, a piece of like an article of clothing or some kind of other um, evidence in the reserve and they want to match it to see that it is Brian's or maybe the dogs picked up a scent and they want to match the scent. So lots of possibilities for what this could mean, but I truly do think it means they're getting very close to finding Ryan Laundry. Now it is close to dinner time here, mountain time in Colorado, um, and even later on the East coast in Florida. So I know I had said, I thought he would be found by the end of the weekend. That has not happened, but I do think they're getting very close to finding him. And I do think he still is in the Carlton Reserve. There was an article, uh, People Cover Magazine, or People Magazine, there was a cover story the other day, and they interviewed one of Brian and Gabby's close friends who said that he camped in the Appalachian Mountains for two months on his own. And so he definitely has survival skills. I know people have questioned that. How could someone survive out there in the, in the reserve for this long? And... But, you know, now hearing that from the close friend, we know he does have survival skills. And his parents might have set him up with some food and he has a small tent and he's just hanging out there thinking it's a 25,000 acre reserve, they're not gonna find me. But what people don't realize um, and what he doesn't realize maybe, well, I mean, he probably realizes this, but what a lot of people I don't think remember or realize is that most of this reserve is underwater as they've gotten so much rain recently. And so a lot of this reserve is now underwater. So there's a smaller portion of the reserve that he would actually be able to be in that's not under waist deep water. So it kind of narrows their search area because he's not gonna be hanging out in waist deep water, camped out. So I truly do think he's in the reserve. I think he has quite a few survival skills and he's able to survive for, as they said, he survived a couple months in the Appalachian Mountains. So what tells us he can't survive a couple months here? So I truly do think he's in the reserve. And I know there's still people that are going to say, he's fled the country. He's gone to Canada or Mexico or Europe or 
China or Timbuktu or whatever. But I think the likelihood of that is very, very slim. Um, especially now he's on a no-fly list. So if he tries to go to the airport and like fly somewhere else, they're immediately going to arrest him. He's a fugitive now and he's on the no-fly list. So he's immediately going to get flagged and they're immediately going to arrest him. And I also think that the FBI, probably one of the first things they checked when the parents reported him missing was one of the first things they checked was his passport. There are systems where they can go in and check via someone's name if they've used their passport to fly anywhere. So they probably, that was one of the first things they did was check his passport to see if he had flown anywhere. And if he had, they probably would have announced that like, oh, Brian Laundrie used his passport to fly to Canada. They would have let us know. They would have announced it. And then they would have had immediately, they would have, you know, been on, on the case in Canada. So I really don't think he is in another country. I really don't think he's in another country. Um, I think he's in the reserve. I think he's right under their nose. I think he has smart survival skills, but I don't think he has smarts really in any other capacity. He drove home by himself in Gabby's van and didn't seem to think much of it. And I think he went to the reserve thinking, okay, like his parents might've given him some food. And he said, okay, I can hang out here, survive for a while. And his parents said, we'll come get you when the coast is clear after maybe this media circus has died down, after they're not really thinking about the case anymore, we'll come get you, you can safely come back home and things will be okay. I truly honestly think that's what happened. And I think he's just camped out there in the reserve not thinking much of it. But I think they're going to find him. I think his time is up. They're going to find him. I think he's going to be alive because his parents, they stocked him up with some food. And so um, I think he's in the reserve. They, um, the other day, the Bertolino um, lawyer, who is the laundry family lawyer, he said that the parents hadn't um, seen him since Tuesday. He reiterated that fact and said he left with only a backpack, did not bring his phone or wallet, and the parents were worried about his mental state. Now, A, he didn't bring a wallet and a phone, which anybody with any kind of a brain that has had something to do with a homicide case is not going to bring a phone because they know that a phone tracks their location. So they, of course, don't want to bring a phone. And a wallet has personal identification information, like an ID inside it. So you don't want to bring that because if that gets lost, someone picks it up. Oh, this is Brian Laundrie's wallet. That leads them to you. So, of course, you wouldn't bring that. I think he has very minimal smarts. I think he had enough smarts to be able to say, I'm not going to bring my phone and my wallet because that would be dumb, downright dumb. And so, of course, he wouldn't bring his phone and his wallet. But then also, the fact that the parents said they were worried about his mental health state, and yet the parents have not come out pleading, please find my son, please find my son. If I was a parent and my son had legitimately gone missing, 
I would be in front of the media as much as humanly possible saying, please, dear Lord, help me find my son. My son is missing. I'm worried. They said they were worried for his mental state. So what made them worried? Did he bring a gun or a knife in his backpack? Is that why they were worried? Or were they worried because he just seemed weird and off when he left? Which I don't think he left. The whole Mustang situation is a whole nother situation that I don't think we've fully addressed. But the idea that they said he... There's been a couple different reports. There's been reports that he said he, the parents said he was going to the reserve, drove the Mustang there, and then the parents went to go pick up the Mustang. Why would the parents go pick up the Mustang if he had drove himself to the reserve in the Mustang? The only reason the parents would have gone to pick up the Mustang is if they set him up there to hide. That's the only reason that they would go pick up the Mustang. Otherwise, you would leave the Mustang there because, oh, my son's there and he's hiking and he's going to want to come home. And if I pick up the Mustang, he's not going to have a way to get home. But then there's also reports, there's been reports, unconfirmed reports from neighbors saying they saw him walking down the street, like, with his backpack. So then it's like maybe he didn't actually drive the Mustang to the reserve. Maybe the parents drove the Mustang to the reserve and then drove it back and it was a whole ploy. We don't know. There's lots of unconfirmed information with that. Let alone the whole camper situation. It's very possible that they took the camper out to the reserve. They like set him up out there, came back with the camper at the end of the weekend, and he's been at the reserve since then. So there's lots of possible scenarios. But I think Brian Laundrie is going to be found this week. He's going to be found alive. He's going to be put in handcuffs. And then I think the preliminary autopsy results are going to come back this week. And they're going to be able to add to his charge. Right now, again, it is just credit card fraud that he is charged with. Or debit card fraud. That he used a debit card to access two unauthorized Chase Bank accounts between August 30th and September 1st. They have not said who that unauthorized account um, belonged to, but we all know it was Gabby Laundries. And based on the timeline, and I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but based on the timeline, we can assume that this was right after he had killed Gabby and was trying to get home that he used her debit card. So that is his current charge. But the autopsy, the preliminary autopsy reports might be coming back early this week, middle of this week, and that will give us some huge insight and that might allow them to charge him in her homicide. So we will have to see how that plays out this week. Now, I want to shift the conversation a little bit, and I talked about this in, I want to say maybe my third or fourth, spot, third or fourth podcast episode I uploaded, but... I, I want to be mindful that this case is all about Gabby Petito. And I know I've been hearing a lot of why this case, why Gabby, why her, why did this case blow up? 
Why are so many people obsessed with it? And I've already kind of talked a little bit about why I think it blew up. I think it was a combination of her being a young woman, her having somewhat of a social media following, and having documented some of her trip already, and it being a case where they had been in multiple national parks, and they had covered many, diff- covered many different states, and the idea that multiple people have been able to contribute to this story and help provide information and tips. So I think all of that leads to why this case has been so huge. But I saw something the other day and online, and it said, let's let Gabby's case be the needle that moves coverage of missing person cases forward. We've heard by now from lots of different people saying, why have other missing person cases not been as huge? Why are we not talking about the missing indigenous women? Why are we not talking about the missing children? Why are we not talking about the missing so-and-so? And we know that there are a lot of missing persons in the world. There are, missing, there are people that go missing every single day. Every single day there are people that go missing in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our cities. There are people that go missing every single day. Now, on our local news stations, we usually hear about the missing person cases that are in our state or in our local areas. We will usually hear about those. They'll cover them usually until there's a resolution, until the person is found, or until their body is discovered, until someone is charged in the murder or the homicide. But we, we very rarely hear about global missing person cases. And, you know, I think we heard about this one. I think every news agency has been reporting on this one because of those things I said before. But I think Gabby Petito's case can be a learning curve moment for us to look and say, what can we do differently in reporting about these cases and covering these cases? Now, if you work for a news agency, a newspaper, a local news station, a national news station, I think news stations and news agencies have, I think they have an onus in this. I think they have an obligation moving forward to really look at and reevaluate how they cover missing person cases. What missing person cases are they covering? What does the coverage look like? If they're not covering very many missing person cases, why? Why is that? And what should the coverage look like for missing person cases? It should be inclusive. It should not just be white women. It should not just be children. It should not just, it should encompass everybody. Now, as I already mentioned, 
there are so many missing person cases. Realistically, not every missing person case can be covered by every single news station. I totally understand. But assessing how they're covering missing person cases and how can we do things differently and better. Now, News Nation is a news station I've been kind of checking in a little bit. They've been doing some wonderful coverage of the Gabby Petito case. And they made a promise to do better. And they didn't just say, we're going to do better as a blanket statement. But they said, we are starting a series on our news channel. Where we... Ted Lasso. Oh, sorry. That was my Siri. She thought I was talking to her. They said we are going to start a new series covering missing person cases. And they're going to be doing, I think it's a weekly series, where they're going to be covering different missing person cases that have not been in the spotlight. And I applaud them and I commend them. And I hope there's more news stations that step forward with something similar. NBC News, ABC News, CBS, Fox, all of these giant national affiliates. I hope they step forward and do something similar. Make a pledge that we're going to do better and here's how. Now, I think as individuals, we think, well, how can, how can we do better? You know, we just, we, we take in the news we get. We watch our local news. We read articles from different sources. And we read what we read. If we're not being presented with missing person cases, then how are we to understand, like, how are we to know about missing people that are not reported on? How are we to know? And I get that. I understand that. It's hard as an individual person. But I think one thing we can do is do a little bit of our own research. So there are some things we can do. And one of those things we can do is a little bit of research on our own. You may not know about this resource, but it is called Name Us. And it is the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. It is namus.nij.ojp.gov. You can also just type in NAMUS and you will find it. It'll be the first link in your browser. And again, it is the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. And so this is a system where anybody who has gone missing family and friends can report them missing and this website holds a registry of all the people that have gone missing and on this website you can search and you, you there's lots of different search criteria you can use but as someone in the general public you can go on to this search um, directory and you can start by searching by state which state you live in. I live in Colorado, I can select Colorado. Whatever state you live in, you can select that state. 
you can then generate, it'll generate a list of all the people that have gone missing in your state. And it'll include a date of when that person first went missing. It'll include a missing age, what age were they when they went missing, what their name is, the county that they went missing from, their race and ethnicity, and if they're male or female, and the city that they went missing in. And then you can click on this person, and it will actually show you a per picture of this person with a little bit more description, like their height, their weight, and any circumstances relating the disappearance that are known, any physical description that they might have, eye color, facial hair description, hair color, and any clothing and accessories that they were wearing at the time they went missing. Now you might be wondering, well, what can I do with this information? Well, you can specifically find people, like I said, that are missing in your state, but then specifically people that are missing in your county, in your town, city, specific area. And you can share this information. You can share this information on your social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Share their photo, share their description. Share any information that you can find on this Name Us website. Because the more shares this information gets, the more likely it is that someone that has a tip or information will see it. You can also share this with your local news. If you have not seen this missing persons case reported on your local news stations, share this with your local news. Go to your local news websites. They, all of them have a tip line. You can submit this via tip line. This person has been missing since this date. This is the information. Can you help share this? All of this is very important and will help these cases become amplified. Now you can also do this with cases outside of your state that you live in, but I think starting with your state is a good idea. And you never know, you may have some information regarding this case that you didn't know. You may have neighbors, friends, family members that have information about the case and they didn't know. So starting with your own state, I think, is a good place to start. But you can certainly share any missing people from other states as well. Share their picture so that it can spread and encourage other people to do the same. Encourage other people to do the same. I think this could be a fun um, and maybe fun is not the right word because this is, this is still very tragic. All of these missing person cases are very tragic, so I don't want to make it seem as otherwise. But I think if you gathered a couple friends or family members together and said, hey, let's all do this together. 
Let's go on the Name Us website. Let's find people in our local area and our state. Let's share their photos, share their information, each of us on each of our social media platforms. It can be powerful and it could maybe help give that family some information. You can also um, see if there's any information regarding the family. Some of these missing people, they have included information to the family. You could also try and reach out to the family um, and see, see how you might be able to help if they have search parties going on looking for these people. Can you be a part of a search party? But seeing if you can get in touch with some of these local families that might be in your neighborhood, in your city, in your local area code, and reaching out to them and saying, I really just want to help. What can I do to help? So I want to encourage all of you, all of you, to go to the Name Us website. I will admit, I went there for the first time this afternoon. I may have heard of the Name Us website once or twice in my life. I never visited the Name Us website. And going on to the website, I, my heart immediately broke into a thousand pieces, thinking about the families that have to go on to this website to report a missing person, that have to call their local law enforcement to report a missing person. My heart aches for them. And some of these people, I, I was looking at a list on here on the Name Us website, um, and some of these people have been missing for decades. Decades. I came across one name from someone who... has been missing since 1990. Thinking about the family, you know, we've been thinking a lot about Gabby Petito's family in this case, and, you know, how, you know, how, how heartbreaking it is for their family. But then I see these missing people on this website and how, how just heartbreaking it must be for this family to never have received an answer. Never have received an answer. Truly, truly heartbreaking. And so I will be using this platform of this podcast to do just that to amplify some of these missing people cases, sharing information that I have on people in my local community and beyond my local community that are missing. And that is my word to you. I will still be covering the Gabby Petito case and any new developments that come in but I also am going to be highlighting some missing person cases because this is important. It doesn't end with just Gabby Petito. Now, Gabby Petito's memorial service was today in Long Island, New York. 
and they live stream part of it for people to watch online. And they shared some amazing sediments. Both her dad and her stepdad spoke about how beautiful she was and that she was the most beautiful person they had ever met. And I've never met her, but I, I feel that. I feel that. And the family, the family has been making a few bracelets for other family members and close friends as a way to honor Gabby Petito. And other people were asking if they could buy a bracelet, but the family said they do not have um, the ability to be able to do that right now. But they encouraged other people to make a bracelet in Gabby's honor a blue bracelet because blue was her favorite color in honor of Gabby. And so that is what I did this morning. I made a, um, a blue bracelet that I am now wearing on my wrist in honor of Gabby Petito. And every time I look at this bracelet, it will remind me of her beauty, of her light, of her smile, and remind me how precious life is and how important it is to do what you love and to not wait to do something you've always wanted to do. And that we need to honor her, her heart always. And that is my honor to you with moving forward with this podcast, sharing more missing person cases that have not gotten the attention that they deserve. That is my word to you. So I'm going to close out this episode tonight I appreciate you listening, all of you out there, no matter where you're listening from, I really do appreciate you listening. You can always join in the conversation at MYS Headlines using hashtag Mysterious Headlines. Share your thoughts, your comments. If you know of a missing person case that has not been amplified that you would love for me to talk about on this podcast, share it with me on Twitter. I would love to share the information. I want to blow up in a good way these missing person cases so they will get more coverage, they will get more eyes, and hopefully get more answers. Thank you for listening, and I might be speaking at you again tomorrow, depending on if there's any new updates in the Gabby Petito case. I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you.